What's up, everybody out there in internet land? Welcome to the Remote Gaming Podcast, episode numero four. What is the Remote Gaming Podcast, you may be asking yourself? Why, it is a podcast made by gamers for gamers and comes to you, the listener, each and every week from two friends who live on opposite sides of the country to bring you the hottest gaming news and industry insights, as well as an in-depth topic to culminate our discussion of that great pastime we all love, video games. I am one of those gamers and one of your hosts, Joseph King. Joining me as always is that little boy that went missing on a carton of milk in 1998, Kevin Corkum. <laughs> hey, Joseph, how are you? What's up, man? I told you they're going to be different every fucking week. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say something completely different to introduce you. And you're killing it. You're killing it so far <laughs> with, the, with the intros. I love it. <laughs> it did, it did kind of just go from one spectrum last week you were the genie of the lamp and now you're just a missing eight-year-old child so <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank god I been, man? good man how are you just moved into a new place so everything's good we're um it took we kind of moved over three days it, we're in the same apartment complex but we upgraded to a two-bedroom so it's been super nice to have some more space and that's that made it an easy move too i'm sure is just moving from the same place Oh yeah, it was it was cake. Uh, we we ran into trouble with the rain. It's Florida, so you know it rains every day for like four hours oh, in the geez. summer. So it was uh, we had to dodge rain for four days. But bes- besides that, it was good. We you know the most difficult thing we had to carry the mattress, uh, and uh, it was somewhat raining. We did it at like two thirty in the morning because it wasn't you know wasn't raining that hard, and yeah, it was a pain in the ass. But we did it, and we're moved in, so it is all good. Man, you've been uh, you're making me jealous of all this rain talk. I live in Texas at the very top, and even even in North Texas, it's very hot. I, that arid, dry heat. I think I saw a squirrel gasping for air on my way home <laughs> to record. So, yeah, well, I've been good. Uh, just uh, getting ready to go back to work. I go back to work next Wednesday. I'm excited about that. I'm a paramedic, so I'm sure shit's going to get crazy with COVID still being out there, but. I think it'll be good. It'll be good times. But uh, for those that are listening, this is welcome to the Remote Gaming Podcast, Episode 4. Uh, we Boy, howdy, is it going to be a fun podcast for you guys today because uh, oh, yeah. we're going to bring out uh, the news first and foremost, and then we'll talk about what we've been playing, and then we're going to cut away, um, but you guys won't notice anything listening to this. I'll go back and edit. It'll be seamless. Um, but today is June 11th, 2020. What's happening today, Kevin? We have the PS5 reveal event. I got goosebumps you just saying that. Like, I'm so fucking stoked for this. Like, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a console like you. Anyway, but yeah, it's going to be fun. So, yeah, we'll go through the news and then uh, we're going to actually going to live stream. Um, We started a Twitch channel recently. I want to talk about that real quick. Um, Go to twitch.com. And then slash the underscore remote underscore gaming. It was just going to be remote gaming, but apparently somebody took that. But we're the remote gaming. So we'll we'll be on Twitch uh, live streaming, trying to bring you guys content. We're also going to be uploading uh, any stream we do. And then also the live stream of the PS5 event will be on our YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this, uh, check us out on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button follow us for news and updates we're going to start trying to put every podcast up on youtube yes and uh the first why not be the first piece of content that we put up is our uh live stream of the ps5 reveal so uh with that being said we're going to kick it over to kevin with our first news item what you got kev 
Yes, so Call of Duty is cracking down on racist content in Warzone and Modern Warfare. This comes About time. From, yeah, oh my god, it's been way too long. This comes from VG247.com. Infinity Ward has, vow- has vowed to be more productive in banning racist content in Call of Duty. Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Warzone developer Infinity Ward has admitted that it needs to do better to counter racism in its online games. Here is what Infinity Ward said on their Twitter. There is no place for racist content in our game. This is an effort we began with launch and we need to do a better job. We're issuing thousands of daily bans for racist and hate-oriented names, but we know we have more to do, and we are. Adding additional resources to monitor and ID racist content, adding additional in-game reporting systems to increase the number of bans by the hour, adding filters and greater restrictions on name changes, evaluating in-game improvements to make it easier to report offenses and increasing permanent bans to root out repeat offenders. We apologize to our players. This is our commitment to you, our fans. Thank you. So this has been a long time coming. Um, Call of Duty has always been known for um, letting racist (laughs) things, uh, especially gamer tags into their name, excuse me, into their, uh, into their game. Uh, so this is huge news, really good news. Hopefully all other gaming companies um, do this as well because it, 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 I mean, God, it sucks. I report every, everything I see like that um, on there. Every time I see something, I'm like, come on, man, really? You're going to, you're going to do that shit. It's ridiculous. So um, it's really good that they're taking it more seriously. What do you think, Joseph? I think it's great. Um, and obviously, you know, this is obviously a PR move with uh, everything that's kind of going on in the world, but it is the right move to make. Uh, this is obviously something that doesn't need to exist. I'm really tired of getting sniped halfway across the map and then it pops up that I was killed by someone with the name N1GG3R, you know, like it, it's just I'm tired of racism and uh just everything that, that I wish more companies would take a stand up on this. I wish there was more a way to filter out some of that stuff. Um, you know, I was funny. We, uh, when I was setting up the stream on Twitch last night, uh, through Streamlabs, there's a deal. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but you can go in and you can, uh, cut certain words out from your stream. Now, obviously nobody's really watching us yet, but it's, it's cool for most, most big time streamers use that. And I didn't know that. So like I put in there some racist slurs, uh, some, uh, curse words and stuff like that. And if you say those words in, in our, in our chat, um, depending on what they are, it will be like a, a, a uh, <clears throat> you're suspended, like on some yeah, of the curse I think, words, I think you'll be timed out or suspended, something like that. But the racial slurs, I have it set to where if I put in a bunch of racial slurs and it sucked because I had to sit there and type these up and come up with <laughs> like, okay, what do you call that person and what's that? And so um, I had to type all that up. But if you say those in our chat, it, it's an automatic ban. So I wish more companies would kind of take on what Activision is kind of doing here. And it's kind of weird that to, for us to praise Activision for something. But this was definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, needed to be needed to be done, and hopefully more companies take a stronger stance on this as well. For sure, for sure. Um, number two, this comes also. Shout out! We've got a lot of. Uh, um, if you ever need a place to go for video game news, go to vg two four seven dot com. Stands for video games twenty four seven. They they have a lot of breaking news. This comes from them uh, via Sharif Said. Uh, this was published on June eighth. Harry Potter RPG leak details combat, hub world, nemesis system inspired rivals, romance options, and more. So, have you seen the 
uh, do you remember last year sometime, or maybe it was the year before, there was like a, a leaked laptop footage of a Harry Potter RPG? Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. This is this is big news for me. Oh, dude, I can't wait to play this game. I think it, it it's from what I've gathered, you know, uh, it it takes place inside the obviously the Harry Potter um, universe. Right. And um, sorry, my phone just went off. Apologize no, about you're that. Fine. Um, it takes place inside the Harry Potter universe. And you, from what I'm gathering, you, you create your character and you're a student there and things kind of start to break out. And uh, so from Sharif Saeed of VG247 states, things have been very quiet on the Harry Potter RPG front for a while. The game, which has yet to officially been announced, is said to be been in development at Disney Infinity Maker and Avalanche Software since 2017. A new Reddit post from someone who purposes, or excuse me, purports to be working with publisher Warner Brothers on promotional materials has spilled the beans on a number of games' core components. We have not independently verified these claims, so best to take these with a grain of salt. So, yeah, these are this was a leak, like all leaks should be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, for starters, the post claims the game won't even have Harry Potter in the title and will instead be called Hogwarts A Dark Legacy, which, time out on that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Like, build this universe into something more like this is getting almost Tolkien-esque with it. You know what I mean? Like uh, Shadows of Mordor came out a couple years ago. Why not have a Harry Potter type game that doesn't feature any of the core? I'm sure some of the professors and stuff will be there, but I think this is awesome. Um, Oh yeah. The article goes on to suggest uh, you'll be playing as a Hogwarts student all the way until graduation. So for those that aren't fans of Harry Potter series, that's seven years. Uh, you get to pick the gender of your character, customize them, as well as choose whether they're pure blood, muggle, or half blood. That is so cool. That is really um, cool. Uh, interestingly, the game will deal with mature themes, which the leaker says could push towards an M rating, uh, teen at the lowest. So even though this is Harry Potter universe, doesn't sound like it's going to be a kid's game. Sounds like it's going to be a full blown open world RPG. Um, Thank God. Right? Uh, Thank God. You know, did you play any of the Harry Potter games on PlayStation back in the day? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You did? That yeah. was a little bit... I've read all the books. Like, I love Harry Potter. We actually... I sat down with uh, my wife and stepson the other day, and we watched the first movie. I've never seen any of the movies. I'm one of those guys that... I know, right? I'm one of those guys that I don't want film to ruin the books for me. Sure. I, they're not going to. The movies are really well done. And after watching the first one, it follows that first book so close to the T that I'm I'm kind of stoked to watch them all now. And you, so you they're, all- they're yeah, they're really good movies. And yeah, they have to leave a lot of things out, but they don't change a lot from the books, which is good. They don't, you know, like make any revisions. It's basically the same story, you know, it's just you, they kind of had to cut things out here and there. So it doesn't it you don't feel cheated at all when you watch these movies. Uh, and especially the Prisoner of Azkaban is is the best movie uh, it is that's, so... that's my favorite book in the series so yeah it's, it's my favorite too and it's serious serious black movie. is one of the serious blacks one of the best characters in literature i love him um but anyway so this this is all very exciting um it's it, so this is going to be a mature rating it's kind of cool because obviously the developers of this game know that people that were fans of this game series have grown up. I mean, hell, look at Daniel Radcliffe in the first movie and then look at him in the last one. Like he's grown up. So I'm glad that they're kind of going towards mature themes. Uh, chronologically, the game will take place after the book. So you won't be facing Voldemort, rather a former Death Eater leading a cast of smaller villains. Uh, the setting will allow for some cameos. However, according to the leaker, 
the world has a hub-based structure, and each major area is said to contain its own NPCs, quests, and the like. Hogwarts, Hogsmeade, the Ministry of Magic, and uh, are three of the four included. So I have one hope for this game. Quidditch. I hope that there's like be. a full blown like Quidditch match inside. Like you could just, if you wanted to, you could go through like a Quidditch tournament or something like that. Yeah, that would be really, really cool. I'm, I'm stoked. They've been working on this game for a long time. Um, so you got to think it's going to come out polished and it's going to come out being good. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to take this much time on a Harry Potter game and screw it up. So I'm extremely excited. I've been wanting and itching to get back into that world. Um, and, uh, I, I really think this is going to be the best way to do it. And this, this is where it gets really cool right here. The article ends, uh, Sharif ends with saying combat is described as very fluid, seemingly reliant on tactics and proper management of energy. You'll be pitted against creatures from the Harry Potter universe, as well as the other rival wizards. Rivals are a big component according to this post, and it is going to play out similar to Shadow of Mordor's nemesis style system, which if you remember in that game, you go and you take down your uh, different, um, I, I didn't ever play it, but I remember looking at it. You've, you've probably played it, but yeah. the, it has like bosses you go to clear out an area, right? Yeah, it's got different bosses. And if you if you face a boss and they lose, they gain more power. So next time you face them, you have to be even more leveled up and stronger. And it, if it has the same nemesis system as as Shadow of Mordor or even something similar, it's going to be incredible. That's and, and this last part here is kind of what gets me excited because apparently uh, it says each playthrough. So that means, you know, obviously you can things change. It says each playthrough players will have one unique rival who can be beaten, killed or made an ally based on decisions you make in the game. So it sounds like this game could be played for years because just of the different choices that could be made. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm done. I'm sold at Harry Potter RPG. Right, right. So yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that. Um, what do you got next, Kevin? Uh, next, we're going into some real world news. Video games are here to save sports. This is an article about EA going to be creating. Um, match noise basically for when the uh, premier league comes back so here's what uh here's what cyan mayor has to say sky sports recently announced that it has teamed up with ea sports fifa in order to create fake crowds to make watching the premier league matches from home less sad <laughs> the news comes from an official <laughs> blog post published by sky which covers everything premier league fans can expect when football comes back on june 17th with ashton via and sheffield united and man city versus arsenal doubleheader uh, however, there is something strikingly different, different about the new way of watching football. There is no live audience. As a means of remedying this, Sky and EA Sports have worked to implement crowd noise and reactions into the televised match footage, meaning that the artificial cheering will be used to recreate the kind of atmosphere you'd expect from a normal football match. And here's what the blog post says. To mark the return of the premier league sky sports will launch a series of new innovations and features to give fans even more immersive experience and the opportunity to share big moments live with family and friends on virtual platforms now this is big news because if this works and goes well the nfl and nba might be using something very similar to this i think what do you think for sure you know at first i was like this is so stupid but 
I've been playing, as you know, and we'll talk about here. I've been playing a lot of FIFA recently, and that noise. It, football fans, and when I say football, I call it football because that's what it is. That in the rest of the world, it's football, and just here in America, it's soccer. But football fans are crazy, man. They get loud. They 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 get passionate. And when those matches start in FIFA, it is. I don't know if you watch football slash soccer on TV in real life, but it's just as loud and crazy. And and to not have a, a match. With that excitement, that level of uh, um, just passion that's there, I can see the players not really giving a shit. Now, I don't know if they're going to play this through like the loudspeakers where they're at, but it's definitely going to be coming through the broadcast. And I think that helps us as fans kind of stay into it. Um, I read up a little bit more on this um, on a different website. I can't remember to who, who it was to give credit on, but um, basically you'll tune in to watch the match. Uh, the stands will be empty. But the sounds will sound, and if you've ever played FIFA, they they do. That is one thing EA uh, Sports does very well is their audio capture. Yes. Um, they, it, it's going to sound great. I have no doubt that this will be uh, a really cool thing because I'm excited. I'm actually been waiting, and I have uh, it booked next weekend to watch um, uh, the at least the Man City Arsenal match because I'm a Manchester United fan, so I want to see how those teams do because uh, they're finishing up. Uh, Football slash soccer is ending here, so they're trying to finish up the season. Uh, Bundesliga, which is the German uh, football league, they've actually kept going. They didn't give a shit. They kept playing. (laughs) So they're almost done, and Barcelona and La Liga is about to finish as well, I believe. So this is all really cool, Um, but uh, I think, yeah, like you said, I bet NFL, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Did you see what Deshaun Jackson said uh, a couple weeks ago? So he's wanting, since there won't be fans in the stands to help like bring that NFL experience, he wants more players to be mic'd up during the games. And you could have, he was like, maybe they can make some kind of app where you switch player to player and, and you hear that on the, on the broadcast. And I think that's that would be idea. really cool. That would be so really, really cool. It's just, it's just kind of cool to see these companies, uh, what they're trying to do, this technology that, they're trying to help keep us engaged in sports because that is our lives. We love sports and this has kind of become the new normal now with coronavirus and everything. So I think, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that the NBA is going to be resuming down here in Orlando, which is exciting. They're taking over the ESPN worldwide sports, um, venue that Disney has, which is absolutely beautiful and massive. Uh, and those teams are going to be staying on resort property, like on Disney property. Yeah, so that's going to be have really a chance huge. To meet somebody. Yeah, well, not not only meet somebody. I'm hoping that if they allow limited capacity to the games, I'll be able to go in and see a couple of games as well, which would be really really fun uh, with social distancing and everything else in place. They're they're making it to where all the games are going to be played there, right? Like the finals, yeah. everything's going to be played there. So I think that's yep. cool. Yeah, it's in ABC. They've got uh, they have the resources to film everything, and and it's gonna be it, it, it's gonna be a little weird, but it's gonna be good as well because it'll be great to see the end of the NBA season. They're going based on win percentage, which is a little strange, but anyways, yeah, uh, that's that's what I, I think they're gonna do with those as well as pump some crowd noise in. Yeah. Um, next topic for the news. This is this also comes via CN Maher. Uh, apologize for butchering that name uh, from BG247.com. This is crazy. Uh, one of the most anticipated games is going to be Cyberpunk 2077. They released an article stating that there will be over 1,000 individual uh, hand-built, or excuse me, Cyberpunk 20, ah, 
Over 1,000 NPCs, unique NPCs in the game with hand-built daily routines. So confirmation comes from German website GameStar, which recently hosted a range of premium podcasts with developers at CD Projekt Red. Uh, The podcasts are in German and behind a paywall, but Reddit user Mraz took it upon themselves to translate the best bits and upload them to Reddit. Uh, Mraz posts features a whole lot of new information about which is most interesting in on itself. However, the section dedicated to NPCs, although short, one of the most prominent parts of the translation. Uh, Quote, while there are some areas in The Witcher 3 where villagers don't have a daily routine, they are planning to improve this with giving more than a thousand NPCs handmade routines, writes Mraz. End quote. In, essentially, this means that over 1,000 Cyberpunk 2077 NPCs will have a list of tasks they do at certain times on certain days. They go about daily business with or without your intervention and have their own personal behaviors and mannerism. A lot of NPCs in The Witcher 3 had daily routines, although they would tend to repeat those over uh, days. If things over a 1,000 individual characters is pretty huge. Uh, the closest example, as discussed rather lengthy on Reddit, is probably the NPC... NPC design in Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, if you remember playing that game, you'd kind of just be riding down the road and you'd see like a guy having trouble with his horse, with its uh, uh, horseshoes, and you can offer to help that guy out and the horse would kick the guy. It's sounding like there's going to be a lot of, as far as the open world, this might be one of the most detailed open worlds ever created is what I'm gathering from this. Yeah, you have to think they're going to they're gonna do that. Uh, this is really cool. Um I'm glad that they're putting this much care and effort into their game. I think this is a little bit one of those kind of clickbaity things in the sense that they're, you know, our game is bigger and better than ever. And here's why. And you're never going to, you're never even going to be able to see all a thousand NPCs, you know, washing their clothes or whatever it is that they're doing, tending the bar. Um, It's really, it's really great. I'm I'm excited for this game. I'm sold. Like they don't have to tell me anything else. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it. Um, you know, it, whether or not it's, there are a thousand NPCs or 500 NPCs, the game's going to be amazing. It's going to be really great. So, uh, it's, it's exciting. This game's going to be good, as I said, and I think we're going to see a lot of game changing things in this similar to when the Witcher three came out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of disagree with the fact of it being clickbaity though, to me, just for the simple fact of what we talked about last week. We know for a fact that this game, if they're putting this much level of detail into their NPCs, the game's probably mostly polished and ready to go gold. And they have that with this, how good The Witcher 3 was. I think this is going to have just, it's just amazing that they're putting that much detail into it. I think that's very cool. And I I think that uh, they're slowly have become one of those developers not to be fucked with for a better, lack of a better term, like Naughty Dog, Rockstar, CD Projekt Red, like they're they're up there now, in my opinion. Oh, I completely agree. They're they're creme de la creme, especially when it comes to RPGs. You know, you used to want to put Bioware in there, but they've been they've been pooping oh. all over their games for a long time. It's unfortunate, but it, it's true. And 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 the same thing goes for uh you know for the Fallout series and it, a lot of people that just dropping the ball when it comes to RPGs. We want innovation. We want something new, and I think Cyberpunk's going to do that. Did you watch uh, Daniel Dwyer's Witcher documentary series of No Clip? Yes, I feel like I have. It was a, it came out a long time ago, like two years ago. Yeah. Um, so what it, the cool thing about 
you know, we talked about Bioware and their, how they went downhill. A lot of the people that were that have worked on the original Mass Effect trilogy aren't even at Bioware anymore. Um, Infinity Ward used to be, that was the god-tier Call of Duty games. And everything else, Treyarch and uh, Sledgehammer, they were kind of the shit tier. And then everybody at Infinity Ward went to make Respawn and did, you know, Titanfall and Apex and things like that. Everybody that's been at CD Projekt Red grew up in that part of Eastern Europe and were fans of their games and have worked there for many, many years. So I think that's just kind of a testament. I think to have that good of a crew is when you have people that tend to stick around. That's how you, because you grow and you can adapt to what maybe didn't work in the Witcher one. And now with the Witcher two is better. And then we got it perfect in the Witcher three. You know what I mean? Right. No, yeah, I totally understand. I mean, it speaks volumes. People leave and and come and go and all that kind of stuff. Part of the industry. But when you've got a good team and you really believe in what you're doing, that's that's what it's all about. Why don't you uh, wrap up our last two? uh, Go ahead and do. uh, Let's talk about that Animal Crossing and then Crucible and then we'll wrap up the news here. Great. So this is this comes via the same website. Uh, and it is Animal Crossing is no longer the best-selling game on the Nintendo eShop. It was dethroned this week by Minecraft Dungeons. So Minecraft Dungeons is very similar um, to uh, Diablo-style games. I haven't played it yet. Uh, a lot of people really enjoy it. They're really liking it. So uh, it's something. It's only twenty bucks. I might might go in there and grab that. But uh, here's what it says. After holding its position as the top dog since it launched in March, Animal Crossing New Horizon was finally. Uh, upended by the recent release of Minecraft Dungeons, which is now the number one best-selling game on the Nintendo eShop. This doesn't come as a surprise given the global ubiquity of Minecraft as a franchise. So, yeah, interesting news. Uh, I think everyone that has Animal Crossing or everybody that wants Animal Crossing has probably had it at this point, so it makes sense that... That's, uh, yeah. It's not like GTA five, right? It's not just going to keep selling and selling and selling. At some point you probably figured this would peak that, that only reaches kind of a certain audience. Right. And animal crossing has already sold, I think way better than Nintendo ever thought it was going to. Oh God. Yeah. Gangbusters. So it's, it's incredible. Uh, great game. Congratulations to Nintendo, but uh, Minecraft as well. I mean, it's great. These kids want to play Minecraft. They want to play something similar to Diablo. It's, it's only good for everybody. It's good for Diablo. It's good for, all top-down games like that so uh yeah really really good news Mm -hmm. and the last one here is going to be about amazon's new game crucible this comes from jordan olman at or allman at ign amazon's crucible is removing two of its game modes just three weeks after launch a statement from developers relentless studio was issued last week noting that the harvester command in alpha hunters game modes will be retired so that the team can focus on heart of the hives crucible's most popular game mode so here's the deal the player base started to dwindle in the first week of the game's release um yeah this game did not do well and the other two the People are only playing Heart of Hives. No one's playing Harvester Command and Alpha Hunters at all. Um, and it's the game just kind of released and it wasn't fully done. It didn't feel realized. The maps are really big. Uh, it doesn't, it's not fun, people are saying. It's just really not that fun to play. Uh, yeah. So it, it's, it's dying and they need to do something to revive it. And by launching with by they're kind of trying to relaunch it with one game mode so that people they can fix it get it right and then move on from there which i think is a very smart move 
Yeah, I have right now pulled up on Metacritic. Do you want to guess what their Metacritic score is right now? I'd say it's like a 4.7. It's a 4.3 user score. Do you know what the meta score is? Oh, the meta score? Oh, I have no idea. Six? <laughs> 56. Yeah. 56. I mean, it's like a 1 to 100 but on the meta score. But yeah, 56 is very, very bad. Uh, the, the reason why we wanted to put this in the news was because Amazon Game Studios is up and coming. They have... It's I, it's very weird. I can't, I can't read them. They have this game in development, and then they have an MMO that's fixing to come out that I can't remember the name of it. And then they're also making another MMO in the Lord of the Rings universe. So yeah, that's right. What are they doing over there? Like, it just seems like they're trying to shit out these two games, but at the same time, like to develop an MMO and to make it be decent, you really have to allocate all your resources to that one game. But they're developing two, and this piece of shit hero shooter that I don't that nobody asked for that most people probably listening to this right now don't didn't even know existed and I don't know like it's very like when I heard Amazon was making games so he was like that that might be pretty cool because you know Jeff Bezos is about to be the world's first trillionaire he has all the money he could throw at them right. you know to uh, obviously you know to be a publisher in that way but this is I think just spells doom for any game that they're trying to make. I, I looked at that upcoming MMO, not the Lord of the Rings one, but the other one that's fixing to go into beta or it is in beta. It may be. Um, and it looked cool, but I just, I just think this is bad news for Amazon. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, they need to learn from this. They need to move forward and they need to get better. This is, they were expecting this to be huge and they went out and they got a bunch of streamers to play it. And God, <laughs> I was watching Tim, the tap man stream the first day it came out. And he looked so bored. <laughs> he was trying his best because it was a sponsored stream and he was really trying to like the game. But holy hell, man, it, it just looked boring and not fun. And that was kind of the consensus of everyone that was playing it. Yeah, those sponsored games, when they stream them, you can always tell who doesn't like it. Um, one of the games I've been playing uh, that I'll talk about here in a minute, Dr. Disrespect was streaming and he was just falling asleep. He was like, it's fucking boring. It's boring. I can't play it. <laughs> I don't like just standing here and shooting. Uh, but yeah, it, it just, it's going to be bad. So what have you been playing, Kevin? I Since I've been moving, I haven't really been playing a lot. I've been playing more Warface Breakthrough. Um, it's still really fun. I really enjoy it. The hit detection is still off which makes it a little frustrating to play. But man, it runs a lot smoother, which is great for me. Uh, that was my main issue is that it was just freezing all the time and I just couldn't play it. But now that that's fixed, it's a lot more fun to play. I'm having a good time. I'm really just waiting for The Last of Us. I'm, I was thinking about going through or The Last of Us Part 2. I was thinking about going through and playing The Last of Us again. Uh, but I've played through that game so many times. I don't want to be tired of playing The Last of Us by the time The Last of Us 2 comes out. Right. So I might just hold off. I know every bit of that game. So I'm I'm just going to wait, play this, uh, probably jump into uh, Warzone, which I have to mention the season season four drop today. Um, and it's a huge install. It's like How much 80 gigabytes? gigs. It's so 80 gigs for some people on Xbox. I think that's that's not supposed to be correct but it is right now but it's like 40 something gigs it's almost 200 it's over 200 gigabytes so if you've got an og playstation you need almost your entire system to install and copy it free it's just fucking ridiculous i was gonna ask you what the install was on playstation because i play on pc and it's 42 gigabytes for pc infinity ward straight up fucking lied because they said uh, there was an article that was released on wednesday morning 
that said when it drops at midnight, it's going to be they're compressing all the files and you'll only have to do a four gigabyte download. They fucking sure. lied. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, I, I'm, so. I, I cannot believe that they have – they think their game is so important that it's going to take up almost 65% of anyone who has a 500 gigabyte system. And, you know, and, and, I, and a solid – and a so, if, you've got a, if you've got a terabyte, it's 200 gigs, but you need 400 to copy it on PlayStation because of the way it works. So you have to have almost half a terabyte available at any given time to get one update it's ridiculous fix that yeah like it, it's it's fucking absurd <laughs> like nobody's gonna give a shit about this game here once the new cod's out because from the they've released rumors that it's going back to black ops which more people over the last probably five years that's become like people's favorite call of duty to play as a black ops game and it's going back to the cold war it, it's going to be set in the future so we'll see how that goes maybe they'll keep boots on the ground i don't know but yeah just if you keep giving these massive install bases, like I'm not, I, I would uninstall that to play the last of us and ghost of Tsushima and cyberpunk. Nobody's going to care. And it's funny to me that I read the notes, the patch notes, and it doesn't even have that much in it. As far as content goes, there's some modes dropping. Uh, I think captain price is going to be a playable character in multiplayer and Warzone. Um, but why was it so fucking big? Like, what no are you doing? They haven't edited yeah. a map. And I get it. I understand that video games are uh, they're cheaper than ever before, but they're also way harder to make than ever before and more expensive to make. And I understand that trying to put all these assets together takes up a lot of space. But sometimes you got to just leave well enough alone because what is it? How much in total install now is it for you? It's, almost, it's over 200 gigabytes. It's like 212. That's, that's, that's so stupid. The, the PS5's uh, terabyte, it's going to be one terabyte hard drive, I think. And well, I mean, we'll find out here in a little bit, but yeah, that's, you know, that's 800 something free gigs of space to want 200 gigabytes goes to one game. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, that's stupid. What else have you been playing? Is that pretty much it? Just waiting for that's last it. of us. Yeah. That's waiting, waiting, waiting. So waiting. you mentioned Warface. I have been playing a little bit of that here and there with you. I have different thoughts on the game. Um, I, I, I truly think this game is latency based on where your server is because, um, and you've been playing it a lot more, so I think you are better than me at it. But the kill differential that we can have and like the hit registration, like I've shot, we played last night and I shot several people in the head. It registered on the head and I died and it said they did like 128 damage to my 45. So I don't understand how that it's calculating damage. I think I'm still kind of upset with that game with the the uh, response time in it and stuff. So I will wait to really get into that once they patch it again. They're going to really, patch it again. I'm, season one, season one comes out on the 18th or the 17th. They just released today. So we're getting a huge content up, up uh dump for that. And we're also going to get some up updates on the, uh, on all that kind of stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for it, man. I really like this game. I want to love this game. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping they get it all lined out and I know they're a small studio and it's a $20 game. So it's like, whatever, but I'm just glad that they're engaged with their fan base and their player base and, uh, keeping up uh, in touch with them. I like seeing developers that do that. Um, so I've been playing that. I've also been playing FIFA, uh, but in conjunction with, you know, Warface, I've been kind of, I've touched up on CSGO for a little bit because there was a game that came out last week that man oh man is it hit its hooks in me and that game is valorant uh it's only on pc at the moment uh valorant basically is overwatch meets counter-strike 
Uh, if you've never played Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike is a uh, tactical shooter uh, where you where it's all about angles. Um, you you could peek one corner, but if you leave yourself vulnerable to your flank, you, you don't want to do that. You want to just have one line of sight on the enemy uh, because the time to kill is very, very quick. Uh, you do get armor, but it's it's not noticeable, especially if you shoot in the head. Most weapons are a one-shot headshot. Uh, it's like Counter-Strike in the fact that the recoil is very high on all the weapons. Uh, you don't want to just sit there spraying like Call of Duty. You won't ever hit your target. So you have to learn the recoil patterns. Um, it's just fun. And then also, because of the Overwatch aspect, all the characters, there's 12 playable, I guess you could call them heroes, and they all have their unique abilities. Now, it's not like Overwatch in the sense where they're game-changing abilities, but they do, if you have the right squad using the right players and having that tactical advantage, you can, uh, you can win very easily with the teamwork. It's definitely a game that you want to play with a squad of four other people with mics. Um, I, I love it, man. I can't, I cannot stop playing this game. I'm, I'm fairly decent at it, but there it's, it's crazy. Like I'll go one game, I'll go like 24 and seven. And then the next I go six and 18. So, cause just this, the high skill cap is there because there's so, it has so many leftover players that transition that have been playing nothing but CSGO for the last like 10 years. And now they're playing this. So there's definitely some really, really badass players you'll play against, which just, you know, Kevin, you mentioned this earlier today to me when I was streaming that that skill, that will help your skill cap. You'll only get better if you play against people that are better, better than you. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I've having, I'm having a really good time watching you play it um, on the, uh, on the Twitch channel. It's a, it looks really, really fun. It looks like we, you know, when you're in the middle of a match, you're always, it's very strategic, very slow, which for me is really fun to watch. I, I love watching stuff like that. So it's, it's been really fun. I wish I had a PC so I could join you and play it, but uh, I'm enjoying watching you play it over on Twitch. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it has that skill cap. You, you can't just go in at guns blazing, playing it like any other first person shooter. Um, but I, I can't recommend this game. It is free. Uh, you have to go to riot.com. Uh, there is a little bit of controversy. If you own a PC, you know what, a, and you've built a PC. If you're listening, you know what a kernel is. A kernel can get inside your hard drive and scan your information. They have an anti-cheat that they develop that Riot Games develop themselves that you have to install into your hard drive and it has to stay installed at all times. It has to stay running at all times. Uh, you can turn it off, but when you turn it off, it uninstalls it and it uninstalls Valorant. So you'd have to reinstall the game every time. Uh, the reason people were upset about this is because kernels can access like all your personal information, but this is strictly tied to keep people from using, you know, third-party apps like aimbot and things like that to, to deter cheating because we all know PC, uh, cheating is very bad in games like Call of Duty, um, PUBG, Fortnite. It's just all over the place because of these hacks that are made available. And this, they've Riot found a way, which it's been known, you know, just develop a kernel and it'll take out of every, every cheating software you could possibly have. Um, but the bad thing about it is it has access to all your personal information. So if anybody were to ever hack into riot servers and do like a DDoS attack or anything like that. There's a chance they could get your credit card information or anything like that from any other website you've ever stored it on. There is that possibility, but it's a very, I mean, this software is specifically designed for Valorant only. So they would have to hack into riot and then just happen to hack your specific IP address. So I, I doubt that I, I don't mind having it installed because I just use my PC for gaming anyway. So 
I'm not too worried about it. But yeah, that's uh, that's the game I've been playing uh, the most. I love it. Go check it out. It is free if you own a PC. Um, Warface is also very fun on PlayStation and Xbox. It is 20 bucks. Uh, and then, you know, obviously CSGO is still up there. So these tactical shooters are kind of making a comeback, and it's very cool to see. Yeah, I mean, Warface is kind of the first entry-level game that I've had like this. Um, sure, there's like Search and Destroy on Call of Duty and stuff, but this just feels a lot more tactical than that. Um, oh, for sure. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a blast. I love these style games. For sure. It's, it's really cool that, you know, Counter-Strike CSGO was, it's not CSGO, but the original Counter-Strike was a mod from Half-Life. That's what it started as. And it's so cool that, uh, you know, that spawned games like Quake Arena and other things like that. And like just these games that are tactical shooters that you have to pay attention to the map and your positioning and all that. And it's just cool that that, that started so long ago. And now we have this game like Warface. We have Valorant. And there's also a game coming to Xbox here in a few months that is only exclusive to Xbox. I forget the name of it, but it's very similar to Warface. And uh, just cool to see that these games are making a resurgence. Um, but real quick, we're going to take a pause here. Uh, you guys won't notice anything. The podcast will continue on, uh, but we're going to go start our live stream for the PS5 event and join us back on the main topic as we discuss what we just saw. Yee-hoo! And we are back. I know you guys didn't miss anything because we're going to edit this post-production, but we just got done watching the PS5 uh, live stream event from Sony. And holy shit, Kevin. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, wow. They, that was huge. That I think was a great, great, great move for Sony. They showed so many games. They did. And, they did they, yeah, go ahead. And at the end, they showed us what the console looks like. And Which holy mo- shit, is it sexy? It's the most sexiest looking console I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the best looking PlayStation console ever. I think it looks better than the PS4. Obviously, it looks better than PS three and two and one like it just looks great man god it looks we're just like they the playstation wanted us to know this is the future of gaming this is what games are going to be like it's going to be more like a pc it looks like a pc that was one of the first things you said i completely agree with you it just looks like a pc and it's you said it looks like it looks like a an alienware PC. Yeah, it looks, it looks like, like an Alienware PC with the lights in like that kind of come out from the inside, white on both sides. Uh, it looks amazing. Yeah, I um, I was a little bit disappointed with. I know they showed a lot of games, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sound petty here, but I was really really hoping we'd see more third party games, like maybe the next Call of Duty, um, Madden or FIFA. Like, and I know those games are gonna come, but I want to see what next gen third party titles look like you know what i mean like i would i wish we could have got like a trailer for that game uh that uh is being developed by the um uh god i can't think of his name right now the guy that makes bloodborne and dark souls mm-hmm. and that he's doing with george r, r. martin yes i, I think all be- of that i think all of that is going to be done in a separate state of play i think this was very much a a flex this this whole thing was a big sony flex yeah, they were like, "Hey, right off the bat, Spider-Man, Gran Turismo, Ratchet and Clank," and then they showed a bunch of other games, which we'll we'll kind of run through them and talk a little bit if we had impressions about uh, all of that. But uh, two consoles, one's going to be discless, which was something that I was really hoping for because I do not want to pay an extra, and we don't know how much it's going to be—fifty dollars, hundred dollars more for the 
for the disc version, I, I don't care. I'm probably going to go with the discless. Um, I haven't bought a physical disc in years. So, yeah, um, our, our friend Matt had texted me just now while we were getting ready to re-record, and he said uh, he thinks that the uh, the one with the disc drive in it will be about f- probably like uh, five five forty nine to five ninety nine, and then the discless digital version will be four ninety nine probably. Um, if the hard drive, the SSD, and the computing pat capabilities are the exact same in the digital version, that's definitely the one I'll probably go with too. Um, I do like having games, but I'm, I'm kind of I like the box art, right? I like seeing that collection. But I'm, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm kind of over it. I'm ready to. If it's digital, the less space that I take up with my shit, the better my wife likes too. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that plays into it for me as well. I got nowhere to store all that crap anymore. You know, I've been moving so much. I I can't all the game collections and everything I had to leave. I've got a bunch of stuff in a box at my parents' house with all my old systems. Cause I just can't keep lugging them around the country. I've moved so many times. Um, but do you want to dive into some of these games here? Do you want to talk about, so uh, let, let, why don't we do this real quick? Let's, let's do it. Let's do it reverse. Let's, let's talk about the actual system itself. Um, the look of it a little bit. Um, I'm going to pull up a picture here. Uh, PS five system. Reveal. Just so I can have it, uh, a picture of it. Um, God, there's nothing even on Google Images yet. I've got I got a picture up. If you go to Greg Miller's um, Twitter, Twitter, he posted it, and you know it, it has this kind of slimming effect as it as it cascades downward yeah. from the top to make it look slimmer. Um, and I think the digital edition just looks a little little more sleek, little sleeker, thing, yeah. You know, and I, I love that minimalistic style that they're taking with this. It's really really nice. I, I as we were going through. I saw at least two USB ports uh, and the, or one USB port and as a lightning port uh, on the front as well. So it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, support lightning, which is really cool. We kind of knew that already. We assumed it anyways. Uh, and I don't know if they've officially announced it or not, but I'm looking at it right now. And uh, yeah, man, it just looks really, really, really good. I mean, if, if that c- controller is to scale of like the size of your... Uh ps4 controller like the height of it anyway you're looking at about three controllers high three to four controllers high which that's that's not a big controller at all or a big console at all it does it doesn't look like it's going to take up a lot of space i'm hoping that the fans it looks like those are its exhaust ports on the front right there and i just man i pray this thing's a lot quieter than my pro because my (laughs) pro is so loud yeah, I, that's always been fan fan noise. Always been a problem with Sony. They've never really yeah, been all able of them. to figure it out. So hopefully, hopefully they can they can minimize that noise. Um, but I I really really like the way this console looks. I like the vertical look. I'm sure you can also put it horizontal uh, as well. Um, but I'm most likely going to keep mine vertical. Oh, it just looks sure. so gonna- damn good. It looks so good standing up, and and I'm 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 betting money that it is quieter because those exhaust ports being on the front. That's probably why they wanted it to stand vertical. Because if you if you think about it, you can't store that in an entertainment center no. being that size. It'd have to be like to the side of your TV mm-hmm. or on another stand of its own, and that's probably why that'll vent upward and out as opposed to the back, which the PS4 Pro has a problem of. Um, if you have it in a in a uh, a uh, entertainment center or up against a wall, it, it just overheats and that fan gets increasingly louder. So I bet you money. That's probably why they did it that way was to make sure that people are storing this thing in a place where the fan can vent. Well, what do you think about the two toned aspect? 
Oh, dude, I love it. It's it, I love the blue lights coming out of it. I love the white. Um, honestly, I'm glad that I'm going to probably my second controller will be the black one. Yeah. But and that'll be the one I play as play with. I like that white controller. I just wish it had the colors on the buttons. I don't know why they didn't do the colors. Um, yeah, that that does that does suck a little bit um, for sure. I think they're going with. I mean, it, it's very clear they're going with a clean look. They want yes, everything to yeah. be super clean and modern looking. You and know, I'm this sure is, we'll get different controllers further down the line. Absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah, I think I think it looks great. I think that controller looks good. I just hope it feels good in your hands. It, I like the rubber grips that it has on the sides, the haptic feedback and the haptic feedback and everything. Um, sounds like I just can't wait to play this thing. I, I yeah, I can't but, wait to get my hands on it. Before we talk about the games, I definitely you know you own a 4K TV. I do not yet. This just this whole presentation. That's the thing. Sony did this so smart that I was sitting here thinking. I got to get a 4K TV. I can't mm-hmm. play these games on this console without, I want the, the visual fidelity that it gives me. Like, you know me, I'm usually a frame rate guy. Yep. Like I would prefer FPS and I still wish that, hope for that in the future. But at the same time, as good as that Ratchet and Clank game, game looked, man, like I just can't wait to get a 4K TV and see what this thing can really do. Yeah, when I bought, I bought a 4K TV when I moved to uh, New York and man, uh, I, I at first bought a, a Sony uh, I got a great deal on it at B and H. Uh, it was like, I don't think it was an open box, but it was like $250 off. I bought that. Ended up leaving that with my buddy in New York, came down here and I bought a TCL, um, five series, six series. I think it's a five series, which is their, not the top, top of the line for them, but just under, um, the, the games look incredible on these, on these TVs. There are certain games I will not play on my monitor. I have a 1080p monitor at my desk. Uh, I just won't play certain games on it because yeah. I, I'm losing I'm losing out on God of War or whatever Horizon. it was. Horizon. Oh yeah, Horizon was whew, all dead. these games. Yeah, and 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 it's just going to be even better on PS5. So now's the time. And the 4K TVs, you can get a really good 4K TV for under 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Oh yeah, and you could you could get a, like a top tier 4K TV at Walmart right now for probably anywhere from four. 50 to 800 dollars depending on what you're looking for so i i I don't think it's going to be a a bad decision to make that purchase i may actually i can't believe i'm about to say this i've never done this in my entire life i think i may actually go out black friday and get a really badass tv it's gonna be well worth it seriously it's gonna be it's worth every penny at this point so i mean yeah the the console looks amazing so sexy i just um I'm, i'm assuming that it sits flat if it does sit not not if it does if you do want to lay it down horizontal i'm assuming it would be on its left side if you're looking at that picture because of yep. the the uh disk drive i would agree uh, on the on the unless there's like a flat surface on the angle that we can't see um, sony's always done this they've always uh shown their consoles pretty much vertically um but they're also able to be placed horizontal as well there was a big what was it ps3 or something where they were like hey i know we showed it this way but uh, you might not want to put it vertically they had a weird thing with that as well so it, it will be able to be horizontal i'm just going to keep it vertical it looks better i wonder how sturdy those like those two little almost like you know where it, it branches off there at the top the horns yeah. that go around in the circle in the back i i bet i guarantee there's probably gonna be people that break that shit <laughs> oh 100 100 uh, but it, it i will say this you know 
Sony definitely won this generation. They're already winning next because their console looks way better than the Xbox Series X. Yeah, uh, Xbox has taken a very bland approach with a lot of their uh, announcements and and things so far. I haven't been super impressed. And Sony just has the games, which I think is a pretty good segue. Yeah, yeah. uh, Sorry, I just wanted to say real quick that yeah, like that's the thing. Like this, they already have the games, and their console looks better. I mean. I, we we try to not do we we're kind of console agnostic here. We don't really care what people play, but I mean, when you're going to, from a purchase standpoint, walking in as a consumer, I mean they're they're winning right now. That's a beautiful. How, how, I mean, with with how many? The two, four, six, eight. I mean, close to twenty games they showcased. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and segue into that. Like you said, uh, what did they cut? They came out right out of the gate with. They we don't know if it's in the face DLC. with Spider Man. Is it a sequel? What do you think, Kevin? Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Holiday 2020. I'm saying that there's a, a solid possibility this is a standalone $20 to $25 game, not maybe a full-fledged um, Spider-Man game, but more of a 10 to 20-hour uh, adventure in the city, in the same city that you're going to see in the PS4 game. I've been thinking about this a little bit, uh, and, and it's going to—I'm assuming it's something similar to like Infamous Second Son, uh, in the sense that it's—it's it's not a like it is a standalone game, but it's not as completely involved. It's more of like a tech demo, um, in yeah. you know, not in in like a in the best way possible. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it is either a standalone game. Or it is DLC that is also going like if you own Spider Man on PS4, this is going to be a paid DLC that you said twenty to twenty five dollars is probably twenty five hour gameplay. Um, that they just reuse the assets to make this to run on the PS5. It's probably going to look better, and I would assume that if you purchase this for PS5, there'll probably be some kind of pre order digital bonus that you get Spider Man on the PS5. You know what I mean? Yep, hundred percent. I, I completely I, I, agree. I, Still think we're gonna get. I still think we're maybe two to three years away from a Spider-Man two from Insomniac, especially with them developing a new Ratchet and Clank game that looks just huge and ambitious. But uh, it looked great, uh, Miles. I, I think that's cool to play as him. Um, and it maybe who knows? Maybe the ending of that sets you up for Spider-Man two. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be great. We'll get more information as the as the weeks go on. I think people are going to be questioning them about Spider Man for sure. Yeah. Uh, after Spider Man, we got pretty much your your, your tech demo for the PS5 uh, Gran Turismo Seven. Um, I'm a, I'm I've I've loved Gran Turismo three and four. I uh, kind of fell off after those. Uh, this game looks it looks great. Uh, looks beautiful. That's pretty much polyphony knows how to make beautiful environments and beautiful racing games. The level of detail yeah. in the helmets and the cars and things like that. I, I, I don't, I know you don't really care for racing games all that much. I'm not a big, I'm not a big racing simulator fan, but I, I love arcade racers, which there's a really cool one. That's not necessarily racer, but we'll get to that here in a little yeah. bit. Too. Uh, next was ratchet and clank rift apart. Did not have a release date. Um, Kevin and I both played the, uh, Ratchet and Clank that came to PS4, which was kind of a reboot of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, this one looks very cool. Looks like it's going to be a very long open world type game that you can constantly rift through dimensions at will. Honestly, yeah. It, I mean it, it. It looks really great. Yeah, it looks uh, really really great. 
the gameplay. If you haven't ever played a Ratchet and Clank game, there are these cartoony uh, third-person action adventure games uh, that have been developed by Insomnia Games. They're just just really fun. They're great for kids and they're fun for adults too. So if you if you liked old school platformy type games, this is like pretty much a, it's a it's a third-person action adventure game, but it's a 3D platformer as well. There's a lot of platforming elements. Um, after that was Project Athea. That yeah, is a Athea? PlayStation exclusive. It did not have a release date. Um, this game looked really cool. Uh, third person action adventure game is what it looked like from Square Enix. From Square, it great. yeah. Which you know, I'm wondering. Um, which that's just Square Enix. Obviously, if this is being developed by them, are they putting the sequel or the continuation of Final Fantasy VII? On a back burner? What are they doing with that? I have no idea. I mean, they're a big studio, so they can probably allocate to both. Resources. But yeah. I, I don't know. Um, after that, we had Stray, which was a game that I had heard about. Uh, it's basically you play a stray cat in a post-apocalyptic open world. It's an open world. I don't know if it's an RPG. It didn't. The trailer didn't show much. We got about f- one minute and 30 seconds of just really kind of gorgeous environments. It almost looked like Tokyo, didn't it? It did, yeah, and it it looked like something I had never played before, which is always exciting. Yeah, and it's like the cats had these, it it looks like you could play as maybe a different cat, or you just create your own, I don't know, and then you kind of, uh, it had something on its back. So I'm assuming it's going to play a role into it, but yeah, apparently this is a third-person game where you play as a cat roaming the streets of this post-apocalyptic world that's now controlled by uh, androids, is what it looks like. Hey, yo, you cool cats and kittens. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Carol Baskin will probably <laughs> love the shit out of this game, huh? Uh, I wrote down we have next was Returnal. I yes, this is the house mark game. Yep, this oh, is the okay, house yeah. mark game. This this game looked badass. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, Housemark developed uh, games like uh, Dead Nation, Resogun. They've really never made a game of this caliber. It almost looked like a third person open world shooter, sci fi horror kind of game. Right. Um, looked like I don't know something out of the mind of Death Stranding and Gears of War all combined into one. It looked it looked really fun. I don't know, it did. It, it 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 looked great. The uh, the environment looked great. The uh, particle effects looked awesome. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good game, and it's gonna it's gonna the controls are gonna be great because it's Housemark. They always have oh, very yeah, that, very tight controls and very responsive too. That's the that is the thing that they pride themselves on. So I'm I'm excited to see how the shooting works in that game. Uh, next one, we had one for the kids, Sackboy's Big Adventure. And this actually turned into something really cool. It started off as this like, you know, a uh, little big planet platformer type game. And then, you know, it basically turned into Mario Party, kind of. <laughs> yes. It, look, it definitely looks like something you could play with friends. Um, I don't know, something something cool. Just just more PlayStation showing that they they have a little bit of something for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was a I think that was a focus for them is they wanted to make sure that hey, we have kids games too. Like you can buy this console, you can play it and your kids can play stuff on it too and it's all going to be good. For sure. Um so the next game, you're excited about this one. I'm very excited. It's called Destruction All-Stars. It is from developer Lucid. It's a PVP like Destruction Derby game. And it, I've been waiting for a game like this forever. Something that I can play uh, that's car-based, guns, all this kind of stuff. And it looked like you could get out of your car. I don't know. It looked wild. It looked really, really cool. Controls looked tight. Everything looked 
exactly. I've been wanting a game like this for years. I haven't yeah. played something like this since PS2 era. Yeah, this this looks amazing, and and the fact that they're bringing this type of game is already like with the with everything that we've shown, and then you have this type of game being brought in. It really looks like this is a. It's almost reminding me of more of of how the PlayStation was, because they're going to have all these action adventure games. There's horror games. There's these racing games, and then there's stuff like this. Like this, I, I'm excited for the future of games because of what this game in particular brings to the table. Because it's a genre that's kind of gotten lost either like that twisted metal destruction derby on 64 things that we used to play as kids that man, I can already tell you me and Kevin are going to lose hours playing against each other on this game because <laughs> it just looks fun. Um, it does. It's, it's an arena kind of, it, I don't know if it has car customization or if, if the characters you play as are heroes and they have specific cars designated to them. But like Kevin had said, at one point it shows almost like a third person. I'm looking at a, a picture screenshot here where a character with like a, a tiger helmet gets out of the car and he's got flares on his feet. So I'm wondering if once your vehicle is destroyed, you have one opportunity to like maybe pay back the person that got you somehow. Yeah. I, I I'm really, 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 really excited to see what they do with it. I, I can't tell you even how it's going to work other than it's kind of a derby style game, but like, they had me sold the art styles really cool. It looked like it could even be free to play. It looked like it could be a game where yeah. skins and things like that, you know, for your car and your and your and your character. Uh, I hope so. It looked like they could monetize it that way. So I'm hoping it would be huge if it was free to play. Huge, huge, huge. That did not have a release date. I was really hoping they'd get something like that at launch. Um, honestly, a lot of these games did not have a release date. Um, after that, we had Kina or Kenna bridge of spirits. And this game looked fucking adorable and it looked beautiful too. It was like, it's like Kevin had said, it looks like we both kind of agreed. It was like Pikmin meets uncharted meets Ori in the blind forest, 3d action adventure. Very cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one as well. It looked, it looked, um, kind of like a not kid i don't want to say you know like a kid's game but it was it had that sense of art style kind of cutesy and it it interests me i I love games like that i think it's going to be really good as well and and the cool thing about it is a lot of these games that are more i I hate using that word kid game because i think a game is just a game you know what i mean but uh there's there's a screenshot i'm looking here where the main protagonist i'm assuming that's kenna uh she's in a little town hub area that just looks gorgeous there's platforming. Um, it looks like every time you defeat an enemy, you get these little cute little black little, I don't know, like bunny looking creatures that'll follow you around. Maybe you can right. use them. The combat looks really cool. Yeah, that, that game looked awesome. Yeah. I'm uh, sold. No, no date. Uh, what else we got, Kev? We have the weird Goodbye Volcano High <laughs> game, which we can probably <laughs> skip over. It's got a 2021 release date. If you're into that, that's awesome. This is probably a game I'm going to pass on. Look great but just not my style of game. Yeah. And then we had uh, the odd world game, um, odd world, soul storm, another Abe's odd world odyssey. If you like those games, cool. Not for us, um, but definitely another game by that company that makes the same game, every game they make. Uh, <laughs> and then they had, this one's really cool. I'm excited about this one. Uh, this is Shinji Mikami developer and creator of the original resident evil series, evil within, uh, at tango Softworks. They're owned by Bethesda. Uh, this is called Ghostware Ghostwire Tokyo, and it's coming out in 2021 third person psychological thriller. maybe it didn't really look as horror as I thought it would be coming from him. It looked more like a thriller. Yeah, I agree with you. It looked more thriller, 
you know, maybe some jump scares here and there, but uh, story driven looks really good. Yeah, it, it, it does. It just looks I mean, a lot of weird, cool looking games that were yes. shown. Um, and then there was the Jet Holiday that was an indie game. Uh, then they finally showed the trailer that they showed before E3 last year. Of or it, was that a, no? It was at the Game Awards. Game Awards. Uh, the Godfall had been announced, which is a uh, what do you think, Kevin? Like a third-person Warframe type game? Yeah, it looked a little bit like Warframe, a little bit like Anthem. Hand-to-hand combat didn't look like there was many ranged weapons. Maybe there's like bows and stuff like that, but it it looks interesting because it looks like a rpg but but not a shooter it looks like warframe that plays with god of war combat yes that's a pretty good way of putting it looked really good i'm, I'm interested to see what it's all about i could definitely see myself getting involved in that one did that look like something you paid 60 dollars for though like we talked about last week um i'm gonna say no i'm gonna i'm gonna say i, I, I need to see enough information I don't have enough information. I don't know exactly what style it is. So I'm going to put a hard maybe on it. Yeah, like you said, I agree with you. I think we need to see more of how big the scale of this game is. Um, after that, uh, I have Solar Ash. What was that? That was probably another indie game, I believe. Yeah, I don't remember, honestly. I have it written down. I don't have a picture I can find anywhere. It seemed like an indie game. After that, we had Hitman 3, which I'm excited for. Kevin has not played any of those, which I'm very disappointed here, but he is not a fan of stealth. so <laughs> Yeah, I like stealth. It's just uh, sometimes I don't want to play super slow and methodical all the time. Yeah, I get it. In those games, I, I have not even started, uh, or not, not started, but I have not finished Hitman 2 because it was just more of Hitman 1, and it just kind of got tedious after a while. There were other games I wanted to play. This looks like more of that, which I'm not saying it's bad. It just got like you and you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's just tedious and more of the same. Um, yes. And then after that, I actually they had something that got me to get up out of my chair. Um, <laughs> we had said at the beginning of our live stream that you know we all knew Blue Point. If you don't know, they're the guys that make the remakes and the remasters. They did the Shadow of the Colossus. They did uh, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Uh, they did. Uh, um, the remake of eco they just they they're they're the guys that do the remasters for sony and there was rumor that they were either developing demon souls or metal gear solid remake and it turned out it was demon souls that shuhei yoshida came out and announced and i just leapt for joy because that is in my opinion the best souls game um it's like i like bloodborne better but as far as like demon souls dark souls dark souls 2 and 3 Demon Souls was always my favorite on the PS3, and just seeing that game, they get remade from the ground up, and is going to be a Sony exclusive. That's just huge for them. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for you. I will probably play this game. This will probably be a game I pick up and play uh, on the PS5. They didn't have a release date, if I remember correctly. But uh, I, it looked like it was pretty far along in development from what we saw. I don't know. Blue Point, they always their their remakes and everything are, are spot on. They do a really nice job. So uh, I'm I'm assuming it's gonna feel and play really great. And uh, I'll probably pick this one up and play it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I love the Souls series games. I love games like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Neo. Uh, so more of more of this, I'm totally fine with. I want something like this to play on. Uh, the PS5. So I'm totally hyped for that. Um, Kevin, why don't you talk about the next game that they showed? Deathloop. 
Yes, this looks awesome. So this is from Arcane Studios. And so they did um, uh, Dishonored, right? And it looks like... So it looks like you play as one character, right? And he basically is an assassin, I think, has to kill a bunch of other people. But the combat, the style, everything looked really, really, really good. Um, You kind of have like, it seemed like powers to be able to almost Bioshocky in a way uh, in, in the sense that you can kind of move, move NPCs around and and throw people from different places. And then it kind of had this twist at the end where we couldn't figure out if it was multiplayer or if it was, you kind of have to play through the story twice to get both sides. It introduced you to two characters. Um, One was like the person trying to prevent this guy, one a girl and a guy guy was trying to kill these people girl was trying to prevent him from doing so so i don't know if it's like you have to play it twice to get the whole story or what i'm sold looked great uh was looked like it was running really well too so it looked pretty far along in development yeah um they did not have a release date with that but man it looked fun um i love dishonored one i didn't finish dishonored two uh but arcane studios they make great games prey is a great game um this, they just know how to do first-person shooting. So I think it's going to be really good. Uh, our friend Matt had a good point. He said, I'm not with y'all on Deathloop. I'm not completely sold on it because all it looked like was more Dishonored, Because and but you only could use the Blink ability because he did kind of you know skip through things like you can in Dishonored, which is definitely taken from that. Um, I don't know. I, I I get that way of thinking, but man, this 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 game just looked amazing to me. I think that's going to be a huge first person uh, game for Bethesda. Uh, definitely mature content on that one for sure. Yeah, I would say definitely. And then we kind of got a surprise. We were trying to figure out what the hell are we watching? Is this Alan Wake? Is this what else? What was the other game I thought it was? Um, um uh, out Outlast. I think you said I, maybe no, like uh, an Outlast Amnesia. Game? Amnesia. Amnesia. That's what it was. And what did it turn out to be? Resident Evil 8 Village revealed. And it looks so cool. Like it looks like it's got a lot of parts in the forest. It's first person again, like Resident Evil 7 was. Uh, if you didn't play Resident Evil 7, I'm a huge I played every single Resident Evil game that's ever been made. So I was stoked to see this. Um, I called that again right before they showed the uh, before they revealed Chris Redfield at the end. I was like, I think this is Resident Evil. Um, and it's just, you know, more Resident Evil is always a good thing. And just kudos to Capcom for killing it with ever since, you know, like they had Mega Man 10 come out, they've had Resident Evil 2 remake, 3 remake, all great games. And it's rumored that Resident Evil 4 remake is being made, which is my favorite Resident Evil game. And I'm, 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 if they do the same kind of treatment that they did with two and three, I have no problem with them remaking that game. But yeah, uh, Resident Evil 8 looked fantastic. Have you played seven? No, see, I'm not a, I'm not a horror guy. I'm not a, I'm not a horror game not, guy. You get scared? You get scared? <laughs> yeah, I get scared, you know. It's just not my favorite. Um, the game looks amazing. This might be my entrance into the Resident Evil world because it does look so damn good. The lighting, everything looks fucking phenomenal. Um, so kudos to Capcom. They're killing it right now. Uh, and and they you, also, uh, oh, they sorry, also had another game uh, called Pragmata that was back-to-back. Um, which oh, that was, was a Capcom, Capcom game? game? Yeah, and it, oh. it looked it looked like a uh, it's coming out in 2022, but it looked like a weird sci-fi uh, space story. I don't know. It's it it started it opened up in Times Square, then a bunch of shit hit the fan, and a girl was there, and then a cat that was not really a cat. 
Yeah. It was very weird. It was super weird. They got sucked into space. They were on the moon. No one knows what this game's about. Looks cool. I'm interested. Have no idea what the gameplay is going to be like. Yeah, I was like, this is a Hideo Kojima game or something. <laughs> like, this is Death Stranding DLC, but it, it wasn't. It's, it's something completely different. Um, they ended the show. I'm going to let Kevin take this because he likes this game a lot more than me. What are you excited for, Kev? Horizon Forbidden West. Now, we didn't get a release date, which was a little strange. I, th- I thought this was going to be a launch game because uh, it's been rumored that Gorilla's been working on it for a while. It looks like they took the first game and then amped it up to 11. It looks like there are now enemy factions that are controlling these robots. It looks like there are going to be a lot of different environments. Underwater is going to be one of them. The game looked incredible. So much detail. Uh, Aloy, obviously, voice actress is coming back for her. Um, That's one of the only parts of the game I really like Aloy. Sometimes I feel she's a little stiff and rigid. I understand it's all style and time so uh you know that that's cool uh it it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a, a pinnacle game for the playstation 5 i think it's a game we're gonna be talking about for a very long time when it comes out gorilla did such a good job with horizon zero dawn and the way it, from the story the way it played the way they built their environment they cared for uh the player's time and i think this game is going to be a massive continuation of that i'm stoked oh yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think at first I was like, man, we're probably a ways off of this game because it was 2017. But honestly, I bet this comes out maybe next March because the, if you think about it, they the graphics looked. I mean, we didn't see a lot of gameplay, but it looks like, like you said, like they just amped it up to 12. Uh, I think it's probably a lot of reused assets and they just updated the engine it's on. So hopefully this is coming sooner than later I, w- I think it would be awesome to get a first party exclusive like this within the first year of the playstation 5's life cycle yeah i agree i think it's gonna i think it i think it will be i think it'll come out march is probably a good time frame uh hope i mean hopefully earlier it'd be great to get it out around christmas or the new year um but uh yeah i can't wait to get my hands on that game cannot wait they, they, they are, uh, Sony is coming out with a bang. Um, they, they took a while to get this out, obviously, because of everything that's going on in the world. They wanted to give it another week to let, uh, like, like they eloquently put it, um, let more important voices be heard. And then they came out and did this reveal. And I think it could, I, it went great. Uh, there are some things that I am disappointed about, like every, I, I'm like this every E3. I always have hopes for something that I'm going to see that I don't see. Uh, I didn't like that we didn't have a price point. I really thought we'd have a price point available now. And I wonder why they didn't do that yet. I I think why is I they're, I think they're having issues making it in China. I know they came out and said they didn't, but I don't know if they know production-wise what it's How costing them. charge for this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I think what you said earlier, I think 500, 600, 550, 600 bucks for the disc version. And then for the discless, keeping it under $500 is going to be huge. If they could do, if, if 499 was the one with, was the, was the skew with the disc and they could get the other one down to, to 399, that would be huge if they could do that. Huge. Now, this is the first time that we've seen a digital i know xbox has a digital version but a digital console available at launch two different SKUs available at launch my question is we live in a capitalist world yep with this disc version the one that has the disc drive do you think sony 
would ever have a timed exclusive game that is physical only to never. F- drive up sales of the the disk drive version. Never. You don't think so? I think I think the people that are going to be getting the disk drive are people are are super enthusiasts who love to collect, and I think people who are going to be using that 4K disk drive. Yeah, for that, movies. And that's, that's another thing. Um, I I I've thought about you know I know this just showed, but I've thought about like you know do I want to get the disc one? Do I want to get the discless? We don't buy movies that often now. We have so many. We we me and my wife subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus. Um, I think that's it. Oh, and uh, Amazon Prime Video. Right. Most things that I want are going to be on those platforms at some point after their theatrical release. Um, I, I I just really think I'm with you. I think we're going to go the digital version, especially if it's cheaper. I mean, if it's a cheaper price point right off the right off the rip, I, I can't I can't justify spending an extra fifty to a hundred dollars so I can buy a disc you know yeah, like no. I, I it just and and that's gonna it's gonna sell out really fast um and if we're talking about production uh i, I mean you might have to go with a disc uh with the disc skew because the other ones are going to be sold out i really think that it, that it's going to speak and you're going to see a lot of people picking up this discless version a lot of people and you know like you had mentioned there's people that want to use that for four, the 4k disc drives for their movies to watch and things like that but on the digital side of that, you can rent movies from the PlayStation store. You know what I mean? That that, that movie is not going to look any different with you streaming it than it would on the Blu-ray disc, I don't think. You might lose a little bit of fidelity here and there, but honestly, not. Though? No, 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 no. So, yeah, I, I think digital is definitely going to be the way. I bet you money that if, if they have the uh, – if they are so low on production like they are saying – that's definitely going to be the console that runs out first is the digital. I bet you'll, you'll have the, the one with the hard drive on shelves, but it's going to be a hundred dollars more. And people, you know, are people going to buy that? Or are they not? I, your, your hardcore gaming audience will definitely buy it. I'm buying this thing day one. Um, I know we said uh, last episode to not pre-order games. I did not say pre-order hardware. Right. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you have that shit. Yeah, you, if you can get this thing day one and available, I'd do everything you can in your possibility to do it because I guarantee you, like Kevin said, I bet we're at limited production because of coronavirus, uh, because I think they're just now starting to probably open up plants to start manufacturing this thing. I don't know if they have enough for supply and demand come holiday season, especially with like we're thinking it's a sexier console. I think people are going to buy this over the Xbox One X Series X. I, I honestly, Joseph, I can't imagine why people would go with the Xbox over the PlayStation at this point. And this is not me being a Sony pony. This is just if you look at it from the exclusives and the support and the style and 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 everything, I don't I don't see why you buy an Xbox Series X over the PlayStation 5 at, at this point. That could change. But you know that another Naughty Dog game is coming, and you know God of War is coming, and you know these big blockbuster titles are coming, along with all of these cool indie games. Yeah, I mean, I think Phil Spencer and Xbox is going to have to, after this event, they're, they're, I think what you're going to see is probably, now, like I've told you, you know, the specs that we've talked about two episodes ago of how they're going to be, um, technically the Xbox Series X is going to be a slightly more powerful, but because most games are third-party games that are going to be on both consoles, you're not going to see a difference in Call of Duty on 
or Cyberpunk on Xbox Series X and PS5. I, I I highly doubt it. And if you if there is, it's negligible. And I know there are trolls on the internet that are like, well, the Xbox Series X is going to be more powerful. And it's like, okay, but Sony has the games. If you want to play that game, I can play that game too. I don't care. I have a PC. I don't need a reason to own an Xbox Series X. But I really think the ball's in Phil Spencer's court now. And I love Phil Spencer. I love Xbox. I love what they're doing. And I'm not trashing it. Like, I don't see the reason to own it. The reason I don't see to own it is because Microsoft put all their exclusive games on PC, like X, right. uh, Gears 5, uh, Halo 6. All these things are, are going to be on multiple platforms. Um, so, or excuse me on PC and Xbox. So I, yeah, I think they're going to come out and I think what they'll try to do is say that it is the more powerful system. I think there'll be some kind of, uh, Xbox. I think there's one coming up actually in July, an Xbox event. And, uh, I think the, they're really going to hit on the hardware side of it as where Sony's going to hit on software. So, um, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I, as far as games that I really, I've been waiting and there's no rumor. Uh, Colin Moriarty and Chris Reagan, I think that on sacred symbols, they may have mentioned that there might be a rumor. I've been waiting for this game for years. and I just haven't seen it is uh, just another SOCOM game. Uh, Sony owns the rights to that game. Zipper interactive was a developer, but they were disbanded, but Sony still owns the rights and they could totally make that. Um, Bloodborne two, I, I was really thinking we may have saw something there. I got that fixed with Demon Souls, but I really thought we'd see a Bloodborne 2 trailer um, today. Um, I've also still heard rumor that a Metal Gear Solid remake is in development too. I don't know who's doing that, but I, that's, I heard that both of those games, that's why I said it's either Demon Souls or Metal Gear Solid that Blue Point's working on, and one of those turned out to be true. So Hopefully the other is true as well. I think we're going to get a lot of remakes this generation too. I think, I think we had a lot of remasters this gen. I think we get a lot of remakes next gen. I think so. I think so too. I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of studios want to reimagine their games the way they wanted to make them the first time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Was there anything uh, that disappointed you from today? Not necessarily, not overtly disappointed. No, I, 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 this is kind of what I expected. I expected to see the box. Um, I didn't know if we were going to see a price point, but I needed, I wanted to see the box and I wanted to see what they had lined up first party. And I think, uh, you know, or, or exclusive wise. And I think that's exactly what they gave us. I think that's what they needed to give us. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not too disappointed. I didn't have my, sites in the clouds or anything like that. I kind of knew that what this was going to be. They've Sony has been slow rolling this PS5 kind of everything, spreading it out, creating the hype, and I think they just continued to do that today. And you know, who knows, maybe they did plan originally, you know, back in February when they thought that they were going to announce this thing in June that they were going to have all these different types of games to show, but because of coronavirus and studios working from their homes, that shuts down the development of what, when, when you see a game trailer like they did for uh, horizon, for instance, that game's nowhere near to finish. But what the companies do is they develop a trailer to show in that engine so you can get an idea of what you're, what you can expect. That's why you get games that get announced and they're like available 2022. Um, it's right. because they, they're, they're making those trailers just to show that that game's coming. 
Um, and I maybe there was supposed to be maybe a God of War teaser, but because you know everybody at Sony Santa Monica is sitting at home, they couldn't do that. Um, I wasn't really, like I said, disappointed. Um, I am surprised they didn't put a stinger at the end where it says holiday 2020. I know they've already said that it's coming this year uh, right. to expect it out, but uh, to have they should have had something like that. In I'm surprised that they didn't have anything in that in that uh, deal at the end because what that says to me, they're it's like goes back to the manufacturing issues. This thing may not come out this year. There's a chance. Right. Because of yeah, everything going on. I, I, I think they're going to get it out in some form. It's, it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how, how much, how many of these they have at launch. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I'm excited for next gen. That's all I got to say. And this, this definitely pumped it up for more like I'm ready to move on from my PS4 at this point. Right. Cause yeah, if, me if too. Games are, now have they said anything about backwards compatibility at all ever about PS5? I can't remember. Yeah, they've said that your PlayStation four games are going to be able to be played or most of them. They've been quiet about it. We're waiting to hear the full breakdown. Okay. Um, so like I said, you know, like I, I, this is definitely going to be a day one purchase and I, I hope that it's seamless. I hope that I can still, you know, say, I have a PS five and somebody, I have a friend that there's, we could play Warzone with a PS four and things like that. Those are the little minute details that I hope they come out and I'm sure they will hear eventually, but uh, it was a good day. It was a good day in video games today. And it was a very a, good in day a, in a world uh, full of shitty, shitty days that we, we definitely needed this. And um, Any more thoughts on PlayStation Kev? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I'm excited. Yeah. For sure. Um, if you guys watched our live stream um, or if you're listening and didn't know we live streamed, we're going to be uploading that to our YouTube channel. Check us out, YouTube, cha- uh, youtube.com, uh, re- Remote Gaming Podcast. Uh, we're, we also started a new Twitch channel. It's going to be twitch.tv slash the underscore remote underscore gaming uh we'll me and kevin will both be on there periodically from time to time putting our let's plays up there uh doing live events like we did today uh, i'm sure we'll do something similar if xbox has an event next month um but check us out there uh reach out to us if you have any questions comments concerns anything that you want to get on the air uh let us know how we're doing let us know what we can improve on uh remote gaming podcast at gmail.com i am joseph king take us home kevin I'm Kevin Corkum. Be nice to each other, and we will see you next week.